What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Monday, January 11th, 2021. And of course, I am Chip. I'm your host. And thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. But we're also just now got added to Pandora. So if you have Pandora, you'd like to listen to our podcast. We're now on Pandora, which is super exciting. So we're pretty much hitting all platforms for the podcast. So um, there's no chance you miss my podcast on any platform. So that's good. But, um, you know, and also if you want to watch our channel, obviously you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please hit subscribe. Please support the show. Now, this podcast, I know I've been gone for a couple weeks. I've had some issues with my production stuff. So now I've, I figure I got everything figured out now. So with that being the case, this podcast will be a year-round podcast. So it won't be as frequent as obviously when the season is going. But, you know, it's nice to talk about the playoff games. Like today, we're going to be talking about the the wild card games that took place over the weekend. But also just go over all the other matchups in the visual round, the NFC Championship, AFC Championship games, and then the Super Bowl. But um, I feel like it's very important to to have this podcast going year-round. So we're going through the process of trying to go through the, the the stats, go through all the players that were top players in the league, players that were, you know, drafted at a certain draft position, then also where they finished. So it's a lot we can talk about th- through the offseason. And then obviously we have the free agency, we got the draft, the, the combine, all those things as well. So it's going to be a very fun offseason. So I hope you stick around to watch all those episodes. Um, but today we're going to talk about all of the games that took place over Super Wildcard Weekend. But before we do that, I want to talk about some of the news that's taken place over the last few days. And as of today, though, the biggest news that came out of Monday was the Eagles fired Doug Peterson. So with that being the case, you know, now he is added to the teams that need a head coach. Or I'm sorry, he's now added to the pool of um, head coaches that could be available to be to be hired. So now the teams that need a head coach are we got the Eagles, we got the Chargers, Jags, Jets, Lions, Falcons, and Texans. From all the reports that I'm seeing right now, it looks like Doug Peterson has a more of a connection with the New York Jets. So look for that to be a possibility. But, you know, super interesting how this kind of took place because week 17 came around and reports were saying that Doug Peterson was going to be safe for his job. There wasn't going to be any issue with any turnover there. But the benching of Carson Wentz, the 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 start of Jalen Hurts and then you go to Nate Sudfeld um you know in week 17 it really makes you wonder what like it, there's reports that saying that Doug Peterson was tired of being um told what to do so was this the possibility where Doug Peterson purposely played Nate Sudfeld to lose against the the Washington football team to stick it to the Eagles like that makes me wonder because that's now all these things are going to kind of play through your mind of what's really going on with the you know insides of what's going on with the Eagles organization. But a very interesting story. Now there's reports saying, because Carson Wentz apparently didn't want to be on the team anymore. He wanted to be traded away. Uh, now it looks like Carson Wentz is more prone to stay because of Doug Peterson getting fired. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how that plays out through the offseason and who they're going to go after for uh, their head coach. But uh, a lot of fancy, you know, ramifications that come from that. You know, what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts? Is Carson Wentz going to be there? What's what about Miles Sanders? I mean, all this, all this makes sense to you know what we need to talk about through the off season and and 
based on the coaching hires for all the teams that have vacant spots. But uh, very interesting to kind of see that take place on Monday. And then again on Monday, Seahawks coach uh, Pete Carroll said that his goal was to make 2021 the year where they're going to go back to you know establishing the run. That's the goal. It really is a kind of an odd thing because Russell Wilson, if you saw what he was doing at the beginning of the season, he was phenomenal. And then for the last, you know, latter part of the season, he was not good. That offense was very stagnant. They couldn't move the ball very well. They had a lot more trouble when they lost to the Giants. You know, and you know, these are a lot of things that, you know, you have a quarterback, you got DK Metcalf, you got you got Tyler Lockett, you got all these players that could make the passing game very lethal. And then when you want to stay, you know, pretty stubborn and only want to have a goal of establishing the run, well, you don't have a Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are free agents, you know, in the next, you know, in 2021. So like they could be playing elsewhere. So I don't understand where this mentality is where we're going to establish the run where you don't really have anybody under contract. It's not like you have Marshawn Lynch coming back. I know. I mean, they do have Rashad Penny, but who knows exactly what's going to happen with that. But, um, and also too, that they're bringing back Brian Schottenheimer. They Peter also said that they're going to bring him back. And I feel like, you know, Pete Carroll is, uh, he's a very loyal coach. He's, you know, he got his extension. You know, there's a possibility that this could change, but given that confidence to Brian Schottenheimer, which is the reason that their offense has been so stagnant, is like, he's the one calling the plays. You know, if you're trying to get some new, somebody in that, that is better for Russell Wilson and for that offense and what their landscape of their offensive, you know, talent is, then you need to go with that. But um, I don't know, you know, same thing with Ken Norton. Are they going to fire Ken Norton on the defensive side of the ball? I know, Living in the Seattle Tacoma area, it really there's a lot of talk where a lot of people are upset with you know Brian Schottenheimer. Um, a lot of people are upset about you know Ken Norton. So fans don't want these guys as their coaches, but obviously they're not the, they're not the people who make these decisions. But it doesn't make the fans happy when you see coaches that are, are haven't been doing well become you know their their jobs being safe. So who knows? And then you got John Snyder. Is he going to, you know, the Lions are, look, looks like the Lions are trying to, you know, lure him away from the CLC Hawks and go to Detroit Lions to be their GM. So I don't know. There's This offseason be very interesting, as every NFL offseason is. It's always going to be interesting to kind of see how this stuff plays out. But uh, just interesting news from the from the Seahawks. And then from a, some, from a player standpoint, we have uh, uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport had reported that Zach Moss, the rookie running back for the Buffalo Bills, will miss the rest of the postseason with an ankle injury. As of right now, there's no... Um, definite diagnosis on what's going on with his ankle. Just know that he's not going to be playing. So that gives Devin Singletary uh, more of the workload. So we'll see how that affects the running game. Because as of right now, Josh Allen is the running game for the Buffalo Bills. But we'll see how that hurts them going forward if it does. And then the Bucks have activated Devin White and defensive lineman uh, Steve McLennan off their COVID-19 list. Now, Devin White is the Bucks uh, starting middle linebacker who missed the game uh, this game this weekend against uh, Washington. So Good news that he's back because the Bucks have to play the Saints for a third time this year, and they need him back. And then obviously Steve McLennan is a guy that we brought, you know, brought over from the Jets for a trade that helps kind of plug up our our defensive line and hopefully be a run stuffer. So um, they'll be back on. Uh, it looks like the Bucks are playing Sunday, so that's the good thing about that. We got two you know defensive players back, and then uh, when asked on Monday, Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Was uh, say he pretty much said right now everything is pretty much on the table and where he wants to play. It could be in Chicago or it could be elsewhere. 
it's hard for me to think that he's going to stay in Chicago. You know, his top target quarterbacks that he's played with has been Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. So I think that he wants to go somewhere where he has better quarterback play, where he, he even with the bad quarterback he, he has had in Jacksonville and in Chicago, he's been a very productive wide receiver. So I I can see him going somewhere who's, who needs a receiver who has a better quarterback situation, but it doesn't seem likely that Allen Robinson is going to stay with Chicago. And then some of the biggest news that came out of this week, it was uh, Deshaun Watson seems like he's very unhappy with the Houston Texans. It looks like he hasn't been happy with how they've been searching for, you know, no input from him on head coaching positions, uh, offensive coordinators. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that are going stuff going on internally about that team. So there were some reports that the Miami Dolphins were, or he will. So Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause in his contract, but he can say he can okay a trade to a team of his choosing and the Miami Dolphins are on that list of teams that he would say okay to. Now, there's no other reports out there, so we're still waiting to kind of hear exactly um, how you know how this is going to play out because the Dolphins would would apparently trade away Tua in their first round pick. So the Texans will trade away to Sean Watson, and that's all the Miami Dolphins will get. But the Miami Dolphins hold two first round picks this year, um, plus setting two over. So. Uh, I think that's a a pretty good haul for the Houston Texans if Deshaun Watson wants to get out of Houston. But huge contract. There's a lot of dead cap space there as well. So um, definitely be interesting offseason. Like it always is. There's going to be some popcorn that pops at some point. And it's going to be a very interesting offseason. But um, as of that, that's all the news for right now. But let's go into all the top plays for uh, this past weekend for all the wild card games. And this is all provided by Next Gen Stats. Uh, going with the fastest ball carrier, it was Lamar Jackson. He he had a top speed of 20.64 miles per hour on his 33-yard rush. So um, he was the top guy this this week. And then the longest play goes to uh, Seldrick uh, Redwine. Um, he ran 76.5 yards on his 30-yard interception return. And then next is the improbable completion. Uh, this was Jared Goff to Cooper Cup. Um, they connected on a 44-yard reception and had a completion probability of 23.9%, so a little higher than usual um, based on the games this past weekend. And then the remarkable rush goes to Alvin Kamara. So he ran, he had a 25-yard rush attempt that was expected to lose three yards, and he ran 28 yards over expected. So, you know, Alvin Kamara is a guy who can get stuck in the backfield and make something out of nothing, um, and he was able to do that on that particular play. And then the fastest the fastest sack goes to Sheldon Rankins of the New Orleans Saints. He was able to sack Mitch Trubisky in 3.2 seconds. So um, those were the top plays provided by Next Gen Stats. So with that being the case, let's go into the, the recap of all the games that took place. We're going to start off with Saturday, um, the Colts versus the Bills. So the Bills were able to advance to the divisional round against the, the Chiefs. This, I'm sorry, against the um, Ravens this weekend. They won 24, uh, 27 to 24 against the Colts. And, you know, honestly, the Bills look fantastic. The Bills look like they're on a mission. Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. You know, there was a stat that came out where in the last four weeks, his completion percentage has been 70%. Stephon Diggs is playing well. You know, this this team is just running on all cylinders just very well. So um, it sucks because, you know, obviously I'm a fan of Phillip Rivers, but, you know, it's just the... The Colts just didn't have enough to beat the Bills. But, but the cool thing about this is, 
The Buffalo Bills won their first playoff game in 25 years. So I always like stories like that where you see franchises who've been stuck um, in this rut for years and years and years. And obviously they've been playing in a division with the Patriots for so long that now they're able to to finally win their first playoff game. So it's really cool to kind of see those storylines. But, you know, Josh Allen, he threw for 324 yards. He had two touchdowns. Now Jonathan Taylor continues to just blow up his rookie season. You know, he had 21 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. And the Stephon Diggs had six receptions for 128 yards and a touchdown. So a lot of a lot of good talking points here. You know, is Philip Rivers going to be back? You know, we know that it looks like Frank Wright had indicated that he wanted Philip Rivers back, but do you does Philip Rivers have enough in the tank to play one more year? I mean, you know, this is a, the Colts have a good team. They have a good a good amount of core players, but you know, sometimes a quarterback knows when it's when its time is up, so it looks like um, he'll he'll take some time to think about it. But uh, I personally like Philip Rivers, so hopefully he at least plays one more season. And then moving on to the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seahawks, the Rams beat the Seahawks thirty to twenty, and then the Rams now go off and play the the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. And honestly, I mean, this was kind of I watched this game, I watched all the games this weekend, but like this game for me was just super boring, right? This was a game that. I was rooting for the Seahawks to win, but the Rams have had their number, you know, through throughout the years, right? And this is a different mentality. You know, it was a game where Jer- Jared Goff was the emergency quarterback. He was not targeted to play, but then then uh, Jamal Adams hit their quarterback, Wolford, who was taken over for Jared Goff, knocked him out. Uh, so then Jared Goff had to come in. So we all know that Jared Goff was, has uh, thumb surgery. He was he was able to grip a little bit and he was able to throw the ball, obviously, but they didn't want to play him if they didn't have to, but he came in in relief. He was able to replace Wolford and able to come out with that win. But honestly, I just, I just don't know. Like I said this earlier in the podcast, I just don't understand what's going on with the Seattle Seahawks. They have too much talent and I understand the Rams are very good defense. They can get after the quarterback, Jalen Ramsey can shut down DK Metcalf. But with that being said though, DK Metcalf still had a good game. He had five catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns. So they were able to get some things going, but I just don't understand what this this team is doing. I understand they want to establish the run. Obviously, that the run opens up the pass and opens up other opportunities, but I just don't get why um, this is. I mean, does it does the twelves not being in the stadium does that make a difference? Like, I know fans not being in some of the stadiums around is a very negative thing for the home team because there's really not an advantage when it comes to the fans and the noise and all that, but. Look, the Rams had a better, you know, they got, you know, Pete Carroll got outcoached by by Sean McVay and you no, know, the Rams are moving on. So, but some key points, I mean, Cam Akers, another rookie running back who continues to shine. He had 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. Um, but I don't know. It's a, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, pissed off Seahawks fans, which is rightfully so because this team's a lot better than it showed on Sunday or I'm sorry, on Saturday. And, you know, it's just on to the next season, but. All right, now moving to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. The Bucs won this game 31-23, to and this was too close for comfort. You guys know that I'm a Bucs fan, you know, and I felt like this game, I was nervous. I was more nervous about this game and playing Washington because of the talent they have on defense. You know, we have not been playing well, you know, overall on defense. So Alex Smith was a concern for me, but we found out that he was not going to play on Saturday. So that had a little more comfort, but then, you know, Taylor Heineke comes in and really showed up that, you know, that game. And he threw for, you know, what, 306 yards and a touchdown. He ran for another 46 yards and a touchdown. 
you know, Tom Brady, he looked great. Tom Brady has been playing awesome since December. The Bucks have been 5-0, and you know, since, you know, their bye week. So they're playing well offensively. It's just defensively, they're just not, they're not doing well at all. So um, we were missing our, our middle linebacker and Devin White due to the COVID. So he gets to come back this weekend, but it was just too close for comfort. I was expecting more of a blowout, but when you're playing a team that you have no film on the backup quarterback, it's hard to prepare for that. So with that being the case, the Bucks were able to to come out with the win. Um, but they got a they got a tall task ahead of them against the Saints. They got to play the Saints for the third time this year, and you know I, I I'm nervous about that game. I mean, it's they've had our number for two you know two games this year so far, and we got to go to New Orleans and play. So I don't know, but overall. I did like what I did like about the Bucks is that Leonard Fournette came in, he looked great. Ronald Jones was injured. Uh, he injured his quad in pregame or reaggravated his quad in pregame. So he ran for 19 yards. Or I'm sorry, 19 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown. You know, Mike Evans was able to get the the franchise record for receiving yards with 119. He, he, now he surpasses Keyshawn Johnson. Um, Chris Godwin. This was one that was very weird to watch because he had five receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown, but he also had four to five drops. So like. We usually don't see Chris Godwin drop passes like that, but you have to have four and four to five drops in a game is very concerning. Hopefully, he gets to clean that up. Um, Antonio Brown continues to to do well. He had two catches for forty nine yards, you know, and a touchdown. So he's had five touchdowns since he became a Buck since he started. So you know, it's it's good news. You know, good news is that that we were able to keep Chase Young at bay. You know, he came out last week and said he wanted Tom Brady. He got Tom Brady. But our, you know, I was concerned because our left tackle Smith has been very, very up and down this year. But he played extremely well against Chase Young. Got give give him props for that. Rob Gronkowski had to block Chase Young a couple times one on one. He was able to do well with that. So the Bucks were able to keep him at bay and not let him get to Tom Brady. So overall, I feel like it's a good a good playoff win. This is the first win that the the Bucks have had. Um, in the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl back in the 2002-2003 season. So I think um, overall, you know, it's it's the Saints now coming this you know this weekend. And I hope that we're able to to get that win, hopefully get them and knock them out of the playoffs. So we'll see. But um, moving on to all the Sunday games now. All right, so let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens versus Tennessee Titans. So the Baltimore Ravens were able to win this game 20-13. to And honestly, like this game was was very, I was expecting a little bit more out of this game, but... It was a it was a quiet game. I mean, not a lot of scoring. I mean, they only had what thirty three points overall um, scored combined. So it was a very low scoring game. You know, Lamar Jackson had a very quiet game passing. You know, passing the ball. He had a really bad interception. You know, earlier in the game, but he made up for that when he ran for one hundred thirty six yards on sixteen carries and a touchdown. So Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson things. So now. They got to go play the Bills, which I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. So that's going to be fun. You know, J.K. Dobbins, he had nine carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. Now on the Tennessee Titans side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill struggled. He had a touchdown pass to, to A.J. Brown in the beginning of the game, but did nothing after that. Derrick Henry, they kept him quiet, 18 carries for 40 yards with only 2.2 yards per carry. That, that, that to me is the most surprising thing about this game is that Derrick Henry is the leading rusher the last two seasons. He destroyed them last time they played, and they had a good game plan for Derrick Henry. And when we see that this team got one-dimensional, they had a hard time moving the football. So it's just one of those things where um, the Ravens just the Ravens just 
obviously played better. You know, Marquise Brown showed up. He had seven catches for 109 yards. Mark Andrews, he was four for 41. But, you know, that that's the form. When you got Lamar Jackson, you got a threat like that where Lamar Jackson is just a, you know, extreme athlete running the ball. It gets to the point where it's, it's hard to defend that. But um, he got he made the plays when they needed to make plays. He got his first playoff win, which is awesome to see. So that's a lot of these stories that went on this this weekend. Got a lot of a lot of players who won their very first playoff game. Now Lamar Jackson get that monkey off his back. He got his first playoff win. Now you can go to you know Buffalo, you know see what he can do against Buffalo and, and see what happens because Lamar Jackson is a talented player. You know he hasn't been the guy that we saw last year, but he's still talented. He'll still beat you. Um, and I think overall this was a, a good game um, to for the Ravens. A good confident you know confidence building you know game for them. So. All right, now moving on to the Chicago Bears versus New Orleans Saints. Now, this game, to me, I felt like it was boring. I felt like, you know, it's a game where the Chicago Bears barely made it into the playoffs, but they did play the Saints very well earlier in the season. They got them to, you know, to overtime, and we hope for a better game. You know, this game was in the domes. There's no elements that are going to be hindering the throwing the football, but overall, the the Bears just didn't have enough. I mean, the Bears lost this game 21-9, to and, you know, Drew Brees... He did what he had to do. He wasn't phenomenal in this game, but he still had two you know, passing touchdowns. He threw for 265 yards. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, he threw for about 200 yards and a touchdown. But the problem is, like, Trubisky had one of his best throws of the season get dropped in the end zone. So you can't fault him for that. You know, this could have been a closer game. Momentum could have been shifted if that touchdown had happened because that happened earlier in the game. But overall, I mean, it's just one of those things where nothing was working for the Bears. Passing the ball wasn't working. Uh, David Montgomery, he went from being a fancy stud and winning people championships to only having 12 carries for 31 yards with a 2.6 average. I mean, that, that doesn't help, you know, when you don't have a running game where there's no threat of a running game. And then when you have to try to pass the ball, it just makes you one dimensional. Same thing that happened with the Tennessee Titans. When you are able to take away an element of their offense, it makes it where you, you, you force them to pass and people are going to force Mitch Trubisky to pass against them. So it's just one of those things where it's just frustrating to see, but I was hoping for a better game. But overall, I mean, Alvin Kamara had a good game. He had 23 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Um, and what was surprising to me is that uh, Deontay Harris of the Saints, he had seven catches for 83 yards. You know, Michael Thomas was five for 73 and a touchdown. They all had seven targets. Jared Cook had seven targets. So every element of the Saints was working. They were able to run the ball. They were able to pass the ball. But they're, they were able to not have to score a lot of points because their defense was shutting out the Bears. So, um, you know, Allen Robson, he had six catches for 55 yards. Could that have been his last game with the Chicago Bears? We don't know, but it's just not a way to to go out um, in the playoffs where you just don't give enough um, to the to the team to try to try to win a game. But hopefully, you know, this is something that the Bears can can build off of. Will Mitch Trubisky be back with the the Bears next season? You know, there's going to be a lot of changing parts going on this offseason. so we'll see. Was that the, was that the last game that Mitch Trubisky will be as a starting quarterback in the NFL or? to get an opportunity somewhere else. Who knows? But uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, now moving on to the biggest shocker of the week was this game, the the Steelers versus the Browns. I mean, this was by far a crazy, crazy game. Um, and I, I, just, I just could not believe what I was seeing when I was watching this game last night, right? I mean, you got it's 28 nothing in the first quarter. You had Big Ben throw three interceptions. He... Threw four overall, but he had four passing touchdowns. But he threw the ball 68 times for 501 yards. So 
the stat line, if you're playing fantasy football, if this was a fantasy football game, like, yeah, that looks great because he had the touchdowns, he had the yardage. But the problem is that the the, the Browns went to a pre-event defense early in the, you know, after they got up so big, a lot of this stuff is just padded stats, you know, and it, it's hard. It's hard to see this. I mean, it's it's cool to see Baker Mayfield finally get a, you know, a playoff win. This is the first win that the, the Browns have had in the playoffs in, you know, I think what, one or two decades. So like, this is a crazy, crazy thing to see a, a, a Steelers team that went to went eleven and zero, ended the season twelve and four, and had his playoff game just completely taken from them. I mean, they just the Browns, they just Browns just took it to them. They had a better game plan. Baker Mayfield had a great game. He had two hundred sixty three yards and three touchdowns. Nick Chubb, great on the on the ground. You know, you had he didn't have a touchdown run the ball, but he had a touchdown pass. You know, receiving. Uh, Kareem Hunt had two touchdowns on the ground. And now it's cool to see uh, Kareem Hunt now go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs against his old team. And, you know, the Chiefs have not been playing well lately. Is there a chance that the the Browns can go upset the Chiefs? You would think anyone who looks at the teams like, no, there's no way. But do you really think the Steelers were going to, you know, lose against the Browns like they did? I mean, this game what looks from the final score, 48 to 37, looks like a close game. But this was not close at all. I mean, it was... It was crazy. It was crazy to see the Steelers have such a bad game. But if you look at the stats, though, like Jarvis Landry, he had five kicks for 92 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had 69 yards and a touchdown receiving. Austin Hooper had a touchdown. But look at the stats for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You're talking about, look at, like I said, from a fancy football standpoint, this looks all great. You had Juju had 13 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. He had 19 targets. Deontay Johnson, it was 11 catches for 117 yards with 16 targets. James Washington, five for 72. Uh, you had Eric Ebron had a touchdown and Chase Claypool had two touchdowns. So this is one of these things where the the game started so poorly with Marquise Pouncey, you know, with the game, you know, the bad snap went to the end zone that the Browns got a defensive touchdown and nothing went their way. So um, it sucks. I One of the teams I love watching is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love their physicality. I love their uniforms. I just love everything about Pittsburgh and to see them lose like this. And it's it's good and bad, right? So. What's going to happen next year with the Steelers is Big Ben back. It looked like based on his emotions with Marquise Pouncey after the game, it looks like that Big Ben may not be back in Pittsburgh. Like there was a, a video that I saw where he came back from Marquise Pouncey. And, you know, I Marquise Pouncey. So Marquise Pouncey is a guy that I've watched since high school because I went to college in Lakeland, Florida, and Marquise Pouncey went to Lakeland High School. And I have watched him and his brother uh, play you know, since high school. And so I followed them a little bit closely and I just, it's just interesting to kind of see um, how that, that, that career has kind of transpired, but it was suck to kind of see a guy that I watched since high school, um, you know, not play next year or, or think about retirement or not be with the Steelers or what the case may be, but just, uh, just a very, just, I wish this game was a little more, you know, a little more on the closer side than it was, but that's playoff football. I guarantee you this weekend there's going to be games that take place that we're going to be like shocked about the outcomes, um, you know, just like we did this weekend. So overall, what can you expect? This is a they call it a super wild card weekend. It definitely was that great football games. And now, you know, this weekend we get the divisional rounds. We have on Saturday we got the Rams versus the Packers. Then we got the Ravens versus the Bills. Then on Sunday we got the Browns versus the Chiefs, and then the Bucks versus the Saints. So. Going to be great games. I look forward to watching all these games and bring bring that you know that recap to you guys. But you know, you know, thank you so much for watching. That's it for today's episode. Um, you know, 
I know that I've been gone for quite some time. You know, like I said, I've had some some production problems. So now that everything's figured out, um, I will be going weekly. I will be recapping the the divisional rounds later on in the week. And then same as what I would do with the championship games and the Super Bowl. And then I'll go into breaking down some of the fancy football stuff that happened this this season and just kind of start doing the off-season videos to help you win a championship next year and kind of bring light to some players that I, I feel good about going to next season. So um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook at the Gridiron Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Gridiron Fancy Football. So like I said, if you're on YouTube watching this, please hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And we'll see you later in the week. Take care.